I don't know where you came from. I don't know all of your backgrounds. But I know that early in my life, I faced a lot of what they call ACEs, adverse child effects. You know, my, my, my biological father left when I was two and a half years old. I fought for years the feeling of abandonment, especially as a young teen. You've heard me say a few things about my dear, loving, faithful stepfather who put up with all of my craziness uh, because of me just spewing brokenness, brokenness. At the age of about nine years old, molested by a step-grandfather who was an alcoholic and caused a, a lot of struggle in my in my early teens and, and even later on in life, struggling with sexuality, struggling with identity, uh, hyper uh, issues there, and just not knowing how to handle that because of the brokenness that was on the inside. You know, even later in life, you know, uh, I had anger issues, a lot of, a lot of venom and anger that just explosive and, and, and struggled. Even as a, even as a, a, a minister of the gospel, and you say, oh. And I think that's where, I think th that's where we have to really get to the understanding that just because you ask Jesus into your heart doesn't really mean that you have truly allowed him to heal all the brokenness of your past. And, and, and we see so often people who are walking religious, but yet religiously broken, wounded on the inside, facing all kinds of bitterness and hardship. And, and what we find is that so many people get offended because of their past issues, and it's like finding parallelisms. What they find is, is that you know, somebody in their past has hurt them, and, and, and this person reminds them of that person. And so even though that person might not have done anything to them because of the way they react or because of how they speak or because of their mannerisms, it triggers someone else, and it causes all those floods of emotion to, to rise up inside them, and, and they're offended or they're struggling, and they're triggered by all of this. And the reality is, is that everyone is, has some type of hurt, habit, or hang-up. Everybody has some type of brokenness that they feel, and, and, and though we might say, well, no, I, I don't have that problem anymore. Look, I was standing in a pulpit preaching the Word of God every Sunday morning and not realizing that, that I still struggle with unforgiveness or I still struggle with some type of, of, of anger deep down in my, in my self. I'd get backed into a corner by somebody, and I'd come out ready to... Nah, not you, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, me. And, and y'all poor South Haven folks that remember my early days of ministry probably had to put up with some of that. <laughs> but the reality is, is that there's so many people who, who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior but are still struggling and my, and my thought is this, that if you're still coping with something from your past, then are you really healed of your past? You know, somebody says, well, you know, 
I've given it all to the Lord. Have you? Have you really? Are you able to talk to that person? Are you able to, to really pray for them in such a manner that you truly desire to see the best in their life? Are you really, are you really compassionate enough that you're able to stand in front of them and, and wish for the best because you know that they are a creation of God, but they're broken? Oh, it's going to be one of those days, huh? <laughs> But the scripture says, do not fear, you worm, Jacob. I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't be calling names. What's so great is, is that God recognizes the brokenness of Jacob. He recognizes the brokenness of Israel. And he still compassionately is willing to walk with them. Look, there's broken people in this room right now, right? There's broken people. And we can't isolate. We can't say, well, you can't be with that person or you can't talk to that person or you can't touch that person because they're broken. Because the, the same finger pointed out at them, there's three or four more pointed back. In reality, is, is our desire, our passion should be the passion of Jesus Christ to see people healed, to see people set free from every bondage of the past, to see them experience the grace of God as we have experienced the grace of God, to see them embraced by the love of God which embraces us and allows us to walk this journey out every single day. The process might be hard, but the presence of God is walking with us through it all. I'm reminded of a scripture in Mark chapter 5. And I believe that God wants us to get into a position that when people come to us who are broken, who need deliverance and inner healing, that God has set us up as a body of Christ that we are able to see and walk them through that healing process. I literally had three calls this week three calls this week said pastor I need deliverance I need deliverance and my, my, my thought was this are we as a church ready for somebody to walk through those doors though they might be a demoniac are we able to walk them through the deliverance process? Are we able to say, Jesus loves you, Jesus cares, come out in the name of Jesus? Amen? I believe that too often we've gotten so accustomed that, that the enemy is all around us and we aren't able to identify that the presence of the enemy is there because we are too blinded. We're too compromised. We've, we've been desensitized because we've been living amongst the enemy so long we're okay with it. I mean, are we... Look, 
We would rather give out a bunch of medicine to somebody and work on their symptoms rather than see them delivered and whole and healed by the power of, of the love of Jesus Christ. And I, want, I really want you to understand, I'm not against, because I understand that there are emotional disorders. There are psychological disorders. I'm not, I'm not trying to dispel, I'm not insensitive to, to those specific needs, but I am saying that there is an underlying undercurrent to a lot of psychological and emotional issues that if they would truly be healed by the power of Jesus Christ, that all the other stuff would come in line, amen? That everything else would be, be structured in a way that they'd find healing in the presence and power of God. The emotional things are taken away. Because we find ourselves so often coping with all of the past. We find ourselves coping with all of the junk. I mean, look, the farther we go away from the presence of God, the farther our children go away from experiencing the love of God, right? Hearing the truths of God, being taught and discipled the word of God, then guess what? The more they will experience the hurt and the disgust of the world. It's not, I think that too often it was taboo when we talked about uh, children being molested. It was taboo when we talked about incest. It was taboo when we talked about all of those hurts and alcoholism and drug addictions and all. It was taboo, but today it's not taboo. Today, our children as young as six and seven and eight years old are walking in school hearing about the garbage and the trash and, and they don't know what to do with it and the church is so afraid to talk about it and guess what? They need Jesus. We're so busy, ready to sweep things under the rug and say, well, I don't know if I can deal with that. Parents are so afraid to talk to their kids and it is... It is Parents, let me tell you something. They're, your children are longing. Your children are struggling. Your children need someone to love on them, and they need it to be a parent first. Oh, just let them do what they want to do. No, no. You are setting them up for failure. If you're not willing to, to, to disciple, and, and, and the root of that is discipline, if you're not willing to dis discipline and disciple your children at younger ages when they get to be teenagers and you've let them do whatever they want to do and you've let them talk the way, no matter way the, the way they want to talk, you've let them dress the way they want to dress, then when they, when they get 14 and 15 and 16, don't come crying. Jesus, I better get back to this message before I get in trouble. These young people are facing, I mean, literally facing more than we could ever even imagine. And, and we're, we're shocked. Our mouths are dropped open to know what they have to deal with, to know what these kids are hearing in their schools, the, the, the language and the experience that other kids are having. They're walking in sharing these things. And guess what, guys? We live in a world that, that is a post-Christian society 
that doesn't respect your values anymore, that doesn't care how you think or feel, doesn't care uh, what you're trying to do in your home, you need to start teaching your children to warfare in this day in society because they need Jesus. They need the tools of the word of God because it is this that when you stand up, it is this that will hold them close to God. It is this that they can stand on. It is this that will protect them. It is this that will give them the, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit to be able to fight every battle they face this will hold them close to God and if we're not teaching it at home where are they getting it well I'll leave that up to the youth pastor I'll leave that up to the children's ministry well you only give us them for a couple hours a week what you doing the rest of the time Don't come blaming youth and children's ministry because your kid's going crazy. You better get into the word at home. You better live this word at home. I mean, sadly, is, is we have more people that go home bashing the church and other Christians, and they wonder why the children don't like church. Well, I don't like the way they did that today. That music didn't just sound right. It's just too loud. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's all, what? Would y'all go with me to Honduras just for one time? Spend one week with me in Honduras. And then I want to hear you complain. Thank God we have a wonderful facility that we can come and worship God in. Thank God we have teachers who are willing to prepare themselves with the word of God to teach and to instruct and to disciple your children and young people. Thank God we have a team who's willing to come and spend time during the week to prepare themselves to lead us into worship. Thank God for all these things. But guess what? We've got to be thankful. We've got to be in the right mindset. If we come with a critical view, let me tell you something. I can criticize something all the time. If I look at every single one of you, there is something that I can criticize, and the same goes with me. But what is my heart's desire? My heart's desire is not to criticize. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the, that the world through me might be saved. If my calling is to raise you up, it's not to tear you down, because if I'm tearing you down, if we're on the same team, then guess what? I'm failing too. We've got to be on the same page. We've got to be on the same team. We've got to be working together. We've got to see the love of God shining through us. We, we, we have to quit seeing the, the critical sides of other people, and we have to start seeing this person has this talent. This person is so awesome. This person is so awesome. Thank you, God, for their giftings. Thank you, God. And, Lord, I know that the closer I get to them, their weakness and my strengths will line up, and I will be able to help them, and they'll be able to help me. Yeah. Amen. I might get to the scripture. God wants us to be set free. He wants us to be delivered. And let me encourage you that if, if what you feel is critical all the time, it could just be that you need set free yourself. It could just be that there's something broken on the inside. That there's a hurt or a wound that you have faced and you need to be set free you need a new perspective you need some new goggles 
if you will. And Jesus wants to offer that to us. He wants to give us the freedom and the wholeness. Man, look, somebody had two times in the past week, somebody said, Pastor, I hope I didn't offend you. I said, I don't do offenses. I don't do offenses because I learned, thank God for a great series by John Bevere, The Bait of Satan, that, that taught me to put into perspective other people. So one, I don't, set, I don't set too high expectations for people because I recognize that no matter if they've been in the church 50 years or they've been in church two days, they're still broken people and they still need Jesus and we still, we still all need to trust in Jesus, amen? And so then the next thing is, is when somebody says something, I don't, I look at them, if, if it's sharp, if it's, if it hurts a little bit, like, I look at that and say, well, you know what? If they were whole, they wouldn't feel that way because they would recognize that we're on the same team. And so I just choose not to do offenses. I choose not to let what other people say and do and decisions they make offend me. But what I do is I look with them with empathy because I know that I've made bad choices. I know that I've made decisions that have probably hurt somebody at one time. I know that I've probably said something in my brokenness over the years and the same grace that I, that I have given them, I want to receive. And so it allows me to be able to say, I don't do, I don't do offenses. I don't get offended. Right? You just love people. Does it hurt? Does, does loving people hurt? Yes. Because it means that as Jesus said, love those who despise you. Love those who hurt you. Love your enemy as yourself. Come on, right? It means I've got to love them that are broken. I've got to love them that hurt me. I've got to be patient and kind because the same one who loved me so much so to go on the cross, I'm sure that I have hurt him. I'm sure that I have wounded him. I'm sure that those stripes that he, that he bore on the cross of Calvary was for me. I put those stripes there. I did it. And if he's willing to love me through that, how much more should I love somebody else who needs him just as much as I do? Amen? Amen. In verse 1 of chapter 5 of Mark says, They came to the other side of the sea into the country of the, if you want to say Gadarean, Gerasenes. The, the commentary, uh, digital commentary says Gerasenas. I'm like, I've never heard it's pronounced that way. We'll just say Gadareans. Y'all good with that? Because it's the land uh, of where Gad settled, Gad um, Reuben and the half, half of the tribe of Manasseh had, had settled in. And it says, when he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had, he, and he had his dwelling among the tombs and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Wow. I mean, first of all, I want you to understand that Jesus cares for those who are broken. I mean, if you look at the position of this person, the disposition of him, many would say he's crazy. 
Many would say he's out of his mind. Many would say he's uncontrollable. Have you ever met someone like that? And literally they had cast him out of society. He was living amongst the tombs, living in death. We sang a song that we would be light in the darkness, right? But we're so busy, so busy running from the darkness that how could we be light to the darkness? And Jesus here, the Bible, if you go back to chapter 4, you realize that Jesus, it said he left the crowds. How many know Jesus is willing to leave the 99 for the 1? Somebody said, that, that must be a really nice sheep he's going after, right? It might not look good. It might not be acting right. But every single one of the sheep that he created is of value to him. Amen? Listen, on our journey, you need to realize that the Lord has given us the authority and the power to touch and transform people's lives. Right? I mean, Jesus told Peter, he says, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, Peter, when, he's, when he declared him as the son of the living God, right? He said, and you are Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you, right? Isn't that what he said? He said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, right? And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose shall be loose. Somebody needs to realize you've been given the authority of God to, to go against the enemy's, enemy's camp, that you've been given the, the light of the world to shine in the dark places. That authority has been given to you, and Jesus has called us to the broken. Jesus said, I didn't come for the, those that are healthy, he said, I came for the sick. I came for the broken, right? Jesus left the crowds on the other side. He got into the boat, and on his journey, guess what happened? How many know the enemy doesn't want you to reach your destination? The enemy doesn't want you to see people delivered. The enemy will try to create an atmosphere of fear so that you will turn back. Come on. On their journey over to the other side, the Bible said in Mark chapter 4 that there was, there was a storm that began to rage, right? Now, we could say that that's natural or we could say that it was demonic. I don't know, but all I know is that, that something happened to try to keep them from reaching the other side. And the same words that Jesus used in Mark chapter 1 when he called the demons out, the same, script, the same words that he used to, to cast demons out in previous times, he said, peace be still. Whatever distraction that the enemy is trying to place in front of you to keep you from fulfilling the, the true work of God in this place, I'm here to tell you, you need to look at that demonic thing and say, in Jesus' name, peace be still. I'm not putting up with I'm not putting up with division. I'm not putting up with divisiveness. I'm not putting up with words that will tear down other people. I'm not putting up with it. That is not of God. And if it's going to rise up in Jesus' name, peace be still. Preach, preacher. He said to the, 
winds and the waves. I mean, look, these were, these were professional fishermen. These guys had been on the sea over and over and over again. And here they are finding themselves afraid. So in other words, this to me had to be something that was supernatural. It had to be something that was special for them to be afraid. They've dealt with, they've dealt with storms. They've dealt with all these things that's happened in their past. But here on this particular occasion, this was something that caused them to fear. And Jesus, in a state of peace, says, peace be still. And he gets out of the boat and isn't it amazing to me that this, this Gadarean demoniac had every ability to recognize that Jesus was the Son of God. Right? What's unique to me is the Bible says that the demons know him and tremble. I wish some people that know Jesus actually knew him. Because we walk around as if he's a nobody and we live our lives as if he's nothing to us only when we want him to, to give us a lucky charm because we're in a trouble. And he's Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's God Almighty. It is through him that we live and breathe and have our very being. We've got to recognize that it is him that Job says, he brought me into this world and he can take me out of this world. Come on, somebody. And the demons understand that when Jesus steps up, they tremble. What do we have to do with you, oh, son of the most high? What do we have to do with you? Guys, we've got to recognize that we walk in the authority of God. There's some people who need delivered. Amen? They're walking around. We, we use the old term, the monkey's on their back, Right? We, 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 we walk around, whether they, they're addicted to something, whether they're some, some kind of tragedy taking place, and we look at them as, and, and, we, and we, we struggle because we don't want to be around them. There's, a, there's something wrong with that person. Absolutely, let's go take care of it. Come on. Absolutely, let's do something about it. Two weeks ago, you heard me say about a young lady who came in here on a CR night. She was passing the church, and, and the Lord just told her, said, you've got to turn around and come back. And she came, and she just melted, if you will, at the altar and experienced such a freedom. This past, this past Wednesday, she, or some, uh, Monday, she said, i got to come back. Well, she brought somebody with her this week. Amen? And... and and that person called me this week and said, Pastor, I just want you to know I rededicated my life this week to the Lord. Amen. He said, I want to get baptized. I said, let's do it. Look, this is who we are. If we are not a center for people to be made whole, if we're not the hospital where the broken can come in and we can allow them to experience the presence and power of God, then, then what have we become but just a country club where we clap our hands, we walk out, and we do our hoe down, and we just do nothing? But that's not who we are. We are the people of God. We are called to reach a broken and a lost people. 
I mean, look, when Jesus looked at this person, the sight of this person says, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. No one could hold him down. There's too many people that we look at, and they said, they're too far gone. Nobody can reach them. I was so proud of my nephew who called me a couple of weeks ago because there was a guy I went to school with. And, and I might have told you a, little about, a bit about the story, but he was a, he was a pothead. He, he was a pothead back then, and he still is today. And he walks down the streets all across Anderson, South Carolina. He looks like he's insane because he's all is just either pushing a cart, carrying a bag, and he's just talking to himself. My nephew called me and said, said, Paul, do you, do you remember Ricky? I said, oh, yeah. Because I remember when I got saved that I, I made Ricky a target. So Ricky hung out with me. Ricky was part of the circle. Did he come messed up? Yeah. He came broken. You know what, what bothers me today is that I never took the time to really know what happened to Ricky. And so it really encouraged me to, that today, just, just in the last few weeks, that my nephew has found Ricky. And said, hey, Paul, we're getting him an apartment. He's not living on the streets anymore. Hey, guess what? We found an agency that's willing to help him. He said, guess what? I'm bringing him to church. <laughs> Who do we know that needs somebody? just to pay attention who do we see on a daily basis that we pass and we said man they're just too far gone how often do we look at others even in our own congregation and say man they've been through a lot I don't know if I can identify with them how often do we hold back when the spirit of God has called us to bring life and wholeness and healing. And we're too busy holding back and not willing to let God use us. Look, this guy was insane from the outside. He was broken beyond measure. Some would say that he was hopeless. Come play this piano so I can wind this thing down. He was hopeless. I mean, look, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I don't know that if you've ever had someone, whether it be a family member, maybe it was yourself, that was the quote-unquote black sheep of the family, right? That everybody looked at you as that problem maker. Everybody looked at you as the one who's, who's, just there to be a troublemaker. It's hopeless. It's a hopeless feeling. I don't know if it was the physical 
being of the Gadarean that recognized Jesus? Because the Bible says that he ran to worship him. He ran. He ran to Jesus. I mean, here he was, physically unable to shake the presence of the demonic, and yet he recognized Jesus and ran and bowed down at his feet. There's two ways we can look at that. We can understand that, that there, are, there are people that are used by the enemy to distract us in service. Having lived in Honduras and been in the jungle areas, I can tell you that some of those powerful meetings that we had, there were, there were those who would come and they would look like worshipers. They would come and they would dance and, and all of a sudden they would begin to do things that was distracting. There were those who would try to take off their clothes. Some say, well, the Spirit of God's on her. That is not the Spirit of God. To an outside eye who doesn't understand the spiritual realm, you would think, ooh, they're just, they're just emotionally involved in the service. No. There are things that are inappropriate. I want us to become a place where when people come into the building and they have allowed a place for the enemy to be in their life, that they, that they get delivered and set free. Yes. Somebody says, a Christian can't be demonic possessed. I agree. But the Bible does tell us don't give place to the devil. Don't give a spot, one version says. And I think that that we, even those, look, I have been through inner healing, I've been through deliverance, and thank God that, that he has set me free from the bondage of the past. But guess what? I'm still living in this world. And there's going to be moments that I go, whether it be to the grocery store, or the gas station, or somewhere, and somebody is going to say something to me that might hurt me. So I have to continually be walking in an atmosphere of freedom. I have to continually be walking in an atmosphere that I need to be set free. I do not let, need to allow a spot for the enemy to have reign in me. I have to make sure every door of the past is closed. Hear me now. Because if there's brokenness in your past... In, in Celebrate Recovery, we encourage people to do an inventory of hurts and brokenness that people might have faced because we, we want every door of the past to be closed. And sometimes I think that we, we like to suppress things so far because we don't want to open that door. We don't want, we don't want that to be recognized. We've pushed it into a closet somewhere but the problem is it's still in the house. And the Lord's saying, I need you to be set free. Man, 
Guys, there is such a freedom when all of the past yuck is gone. And the thing is, is Jesus left the crowd willing to face the storm to get to the most broken of society. Somebody said, well, I'm too far gone. What? Are you living amongst the tombs? Have they bound you over and over because you've been a menace to society? Have they caught you with the rocks literally tearing your flesh off because of the, of the, the yuck on the inside? You're not too far gone. You're not too broken that the Lord can't heal you. Dennis, it's your story to tell, but one day I want to tell that story. Can I tell just a few? Dennis was in prison for how many years? Eleven and a half years. Now, he could have been an outcast. People could have said, oh, that's an old prisoner, man. I don't want to be around that guy. But look at you now. <laughs> look man God's given you this precious jewel beside you and he's brought healing and openness man I can go through this room and, and point out one person after the other that God has healed from past things why would we let anything continue to hinder us? Why would we let anything continue to keep us bound and broken? Why? When we could feel the healing of the Lord and walk in the health of the presence of God. Look, not everybody's going to understand your healing. We can get into all the theological things about him casting the demons out into swine. We can get all into all those things. Because the society was broken. Not everybody's going to enjoy your freedom. Not everybody's going to celebrate that you are made whole. Listen, doctors have made a living on some of you. Right? Amen? They're not going to be happy when they see you saying, man, doctor, I feel so good. I don't need to come back. <laughs> Amen. Today, if you say, pastor, I'm tired of being broken. I know Jesus loves me. I know Jesus died for my sins. I know that he wants to heal me. But I, I need help letting go. I need help letting go of my past. I need help to overcome the brokenness that I feel. I need Jesus to help me. Amen. Come borrow your hat. Do you mind if I throw it one time? Do you mind if I throw it? Okay. You might not get it back. 
there was a guy who who recognized that he wanted to get over the wall he wanted to get over the hump there was no way around this fortress if you will there was too many things obstacles to get there there was no way to go under so he reached back and he took his hat and goes over the wall he said that's my favorite hat I'm going to do everything I can to get over that wall to get that hat because that is my favorite hat I don't know what you need to throw over the wall to get you to the other side, but I'm encouraging you this morning, whatever valuable, whatever thing that it is that you long for, that you, that you can't do without, would you be willing to invest it? Would you be willing to throw it over the wall? Say, Lord, I want to do everything I can to be an overcomer. I want to do everything I can to, to see the brokenness come off of me. I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to see the healing of the Lord happen in my life. This morning, are you willing to make that step? Are you willing? Thank God, we've already got somebody coming. Anybody else? Would you make your way down here? Come on. If you see somebody coming and you want to come with them, come with them. If you want to pray with someone, bring them on. Let's get rid of it. If you're coping with something from your past, let's stop coping today. Let's let go and let God have His way today. Let's let the Spirit of God bring healing in our brokenness today. Come on, there's somebody else. There's more. There's more. If you're walking around and somebody's triggering you, then let's get healed. Let's let go of that today. I want to be made whole. If, you can, if there's some of you who want to come and help me pray with these, come on. I don't want to be broken anymore. I don't want to walk around in negativity all the time. Let me tell you something. If you're walking around with criticism and negativity all the time, you better check yourself because that, that is not a characteristic of someone who knows Jesus Christ because the Bible says building each other up on your most holy faith as you pray in the Holy Spirit right don't walk broken walk healed because healed people heal people broken people break people wounded people wound people let's walk in the wholeness of God Let's walk in the healing of God. Come on, somebody else. Would you come and help me pray? Some of you men. Dennis, man, you've been there. You've, you've seen God move. Come and help me pray. Women, if you've been there, you know, if that, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, let's be healed today. Let's be healed. Jesus. <laughs> The Spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. 
spirit when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. As the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come move over on us come rest on us as the spirit was moving over the water spirit come move over us come rest on us come rest on us to so come down spirit when you move you make my heart pound when you feel the
Would you just stretch your hands this way right here? 
Let's believe for, for God to set free. Amen. somebody else don't let anything hold you back don't let anything hinder you look lunch will be there when you get there but spiritual freedom is a thing that will give you eternal blessings we don't know the day nor the hour the son of man comes we don't know why would we why would we put our lives in eternity on the line when we don't know if there's something that's that's stirring in you, there's something that's drawing you, then let go today. Let God have His way. Amen? Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Because your name is
privilege of going to hang out with this couple a few weeks ago. And I want him to share just one little thing about brokenness. So I've been a Christian for about 40 years. And it took me 25 years to learn to be a tither. It's not easy to come into God's house knowing you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I would, I would enter ashamed and ask God to help me and to forgive me. I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't see that I would ever get there. I was brokenhearted. Sometimes I would weep about it even. But now I've gotten to the point where I write my name on a piece of paper and drop it into the envelope. So I'm asking you, which do you think honors God more? Me writing my name on a piece of paper or me coming brokenhearted and standing before God and asking him to forgive me and to give me help. What I'm saying to you is your, your brokenness is valuable. In your brokenness, you recognize who you are and who God is. There's a, just bring your brokenness to God and don't give up. <laughs> Amen. Guys, I really feel this is the beginning. This is just the beginning. I told you I had three people this week that called me and said, Pastor, I need deliverance or inner healing. I, I'm, I'm partnering with a few other churches to, to see how we can learn more about deliverance. How we can learn more about being set free. And I'm looking at probably towards the end of March, beginning of April, actually doing a deliverance, two, two Wednesday nights of training on deliverance because I just, I want every one of us to be prepared. You know, I mentioned to a few people this, this week about deliverance and, and then, boy, that just, that, I'm afraid of that. Well, that lets me realize how much we need to be prepared. We don't need to be afraid. We're, we, are, we are God's anointed in this world. We don't need to be afraid, but we need to be equipped. And if our fear is for lack of equipping, then that's my fault. And I want us to be equipped to be able to confront whatever enemy is trying to break our families and break our children and break our society. So I want you to, I want you to be in prayer with me as, as, as I'm praying as well to grow and, and be more equipped that we can also see our church become that center that this becomes Alcoa Maryville Church of God Recovery Center that people come and are set free and delivered right here amen 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 I love you guys and thank you for being so patient and so uh, generous and, and hungry for God look forward to seeing what God's going to do be, be with me uh, be, be patient with me over the next few weeks uh, as we are trying to shuffle services and shuffle different things uh, because of painting and all that stuff, all right? So thank you guys so much. I might be scared now. <laughs> <I'm> scared. <laughs> okay, so uh, I know this is, this is the faithful core right here, right? Those... Um, on, on our Celebrate Recovery Nights, we've had, we had, in the last three weeks, two weeks, we've had 56. The two Monday nights ago, we had 59 people here this past one, uh, Monday night. And just let me help you understand, 
It's like a Sunday night service. We have worship. We have words. Somebody says, well, I miss Sunday night service. Come. Come on Monday nights. We have worship and phenomenal worship. We have a great word going out. Some, some weeks are testimony. Some weeks are word. But the Bible says we live by the word of our testimony. So it's the word too, right? But what our need is is that we need some folks to help us cook food. Because we feed everybody that comes at 6 o'clock. And if you are interested in taking a turn uh, and helping with that, we're not looking to lock you into every single week. We really, if we had enough people, you might just do it once every other month. But we really do need some help if you would be willing to, to, uh, to be a part of that. Because, listen, just as I told you, that lady who came two weeks ago and then brought somebody this past week, we're going to do a baptism next week. It's making an impact. Amen. And so you're, you would be a part of something making an impact, and we really need you, okay? So see, so see one of these two uh, right after this and let them know that you're willing to jump in and help. If you want to come and participate, we would love you to be a part of, of, the, of the services. Come worship God. Come and, and just be a, a, a strong uh, person in the, in the audience to be able to love on somebody that needs Jesus. Amen? Because guess what? Everybody needs Jesus. Love you guys.